0: So last week we celebrated a pretty cool milestone. We hit the 60th episode of the YVR Remo show, which was a big, big, big moment for us. I mean, honestly, we started this thing out, um, not like an accident, but just as a test trial to see how long people wanted to listen to three guys just chat about mortgages uh, and Vancouver real estate, uh, just chat and talk. And since then, it's expanded. We've covered different territories, different cities across the country, mostly throughout BC, but we've talked about real estate investing. We've talked to fantastic local agents who are blowing up their businesses. We've talked to uh, uh, so many unique and interesting people. And I just reflect back today, and I'm just so thankful that you guys are Hanging out with us, and you've hung out for 60 episodes now. If you this is your first episode. We are bringing a second time guest on the show to talk about a different topic and a topic that we have had a lot of success with as uh, just generally our, ourselves as uh, investors, but additionally with a lot of our clients asking about, which is investing out of town. Now, again, a lot of people are looking into things like a buying a vacation property. Uh, some are just moving out of town in general, but you know, with the equity growth we've seen in real estate in the past few years, the biggest question is what do I do with it? Where can I invest my money? and where can I put it? And that's why a lot of people are drawn to working with our team at Thrive Mortgage Co. because we care and this is something that we know and we talk about. So for this episode, we brought on Michael Ponti of Prosperity Investments. Now, Michael runs a, an online Facebook group. It's dedicated to helping uh, investors learn and grow and gives back quite a bit. But more importantly, he's been in the investing space for about 20 years. Now, uh, because this is something that we are interested in and we love to show people even just the entry level of how to get into, into this and buy just one, One extra property to create wealth. We thought it was a great idea to have Michael come back on for a second time around because he was such uh, a great guest the first time and talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that he recommends for people who are thinking about investing out of town and why you should be considering it. So you think you're going to like this episode if you're someone who's thinking about that if you want to know a little bit more about how to set that up and just generally speaking, about wondering about some different places in the country to start looking. So, with that being said, as always, uh, we ask one thing: if you're loving the show, actually, I'm going to ask two things. I'm going to be a little bit greedy today. Number one, I'm going to ask you to leave a five star review on iTunes. So, so, so appreciated. If you do, if you're loving the show, it helps us a ton. And number two, and this is actually not number two, it's share the show with somebody. Share it out on Instagram. Tag us up again. I'm the Mortgage Pug. We got. Uh, Dean Lawton, Thrive Mortgage Co., YVR Remo Show, pick anything. Just tag us and make sure to do so. We'd love to hear your guys' feedback and connect with our audience. Let us know what you're liking and want more of. But that being said, we got a review that we want to post up and talk about. And whoever wrote this review is going to get a delicious, delicious bag of coffee with us with one of our lovely Thrive mugs. Plus, we got a new version of the Thrive mugs coming out real soon. New design uh, for all of our podcast guests and listeners. So this one says, awesome show, great podcast loving it during the pandemic, and also just to educate myself in general. You guys had a friend of mine in Lisa Stewart on, which was such a crazy surprise. Thanks for your time and the incredibly great show. Cheers, Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for the review. Please send us your message on uh, at Thrive Mortgage Co. or at YVR Remo show on Instagram, and we'll make sure to send you uh, a mug. I hope you guys enjoy the show here with Michael Ponte. See you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Mike from Prosperity Real Estate Investments back again on the show. You Did you actually know, Mike, that you're our first second-time guest on the show or two-time guest on the show from what I can think of? Look at you go. Honored. Absolutely honored, buddy. It's got to mean
1: something or I don't know. Maybe um, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I didn't do a good job the first time around. It's got to bring it back. Right. So
0: (laughs) I think it's the shirts, man. You show up every time prepared. You got the slick shirts looking good as always. I like your preparation nothing better than that come and prepare it, and even more so uh, with the whole presentation so man there's so much good stuff to chew on today i'm really excited for you to hop on and and share your your information your education your value um if you're listening to the show right now i want to do a little plug at the beginning of the show have, of course you're listening when you're listening to the show right now check out facebook and look for groups there's a group that mike runs and it is called a savvy investors is that right mike did i get that name right
1: Yep. Savvy investor. So singular.
0: Savvy investor. Um, If you're interested in investing, whether it's a a first time investor, second time investor, someone seasoned, check out Mike's group. He's uh, done a fantastic job of curating a lot of content and some great people. And he's not out there trying to sell you all day. He's giving a lot of education to people. So check that out uh, before uh, you go any further or once you finish this episode. Anyhow, right into it. We're talking about investing outside of your city, investing across the country, realistically, uh, being out of town, so called investor. And, um, you know, the reason that uh, we've got you on the show today is because like, this is something that you know about. This is something that you've done, Mike. And it's something that uh, in a conversation I had with Derek earlier today, we're seeing well, we just see it a lot right now, like a lot. Maybe partially we attract it just because of the clients that we're working with, but a lot has to do with the market and, and the climate. Um, Derek, maybe share a little bit about the conversation you had earlier today that just led right perfectly into this interview.
2: Yeah, so I mean, everyone knows what's going on in our local real estate. Values are going higher and higher and higher. And a lot of people are actually getting priced out of the market, believe it or not. You know, a lot of people can't even afford, uh, or they don't qualify for that condo or they don't have the down payment or whatever the situation might be. Um, or a lot of people, it's a lifestyle thing right like maybe they need that detached home and they just can't qualify or they can't afford um, but they still want to get into the market so a good friend of mine actually called me today he's been thinking about getting in been watching the market it's just gotten to a point where it's out of reach for him. And so he totally flipped the script and he wants to buy something out of town. He wants to buy an investment property. He knows he's probably not going to be able to buy his forever home for probably another five years. That's kind of in his plan. But he wants to start this now because he understands you know, the benefits of, of getting into the market. So now we're looking at different markets that he never really thought of before. And uh, it will produce some, some revenue for him in the short term.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, right away, that's that's the type of conversations that we're seeing all day, every single day right now. In addition to the fact that the values of properties in the lower mainland are appreciating, and we've got a lot of people who are first, second or third time investors just trying to figure out like, what the heck do I do? Where do I go? Where do I even look? Um, and where do I even start? Uh, again, let's uh, let's get into it. Mike, um, what are the, some of the reasons that you're seeing people start to, I mean, aside from what we just mentioned there, uh, step outside of their local communities to start investing?
1: Well, Derek Derek nailed it right on the money, I think, in a lot of cases. And I think this whole situation with the pandemic has opened people's eyes. And I think it's also provided an opportunity that has never been really available to them now, is companies right now um, still working. People are still working from home. But it's the effectiveness that is actually happening where people are actually working from home. And this is the first time companies have had been forced to actually accept this, people are working from home and things are still being done. At co- and you know what? It's also benefiting a lot of these employees as well. And so for a lot of people, they're just looking at it from an affordability perspective. And if companies are willing to let people live a little bit outside of wherever their office is, and now this may be much more of a common theme that people are now working from home, they don't have, no longer need to be living in the downtown Vancouver core, downtown Toronto Toronto core. And in some cases, Companies are allowing them to work in maybe different provinces or other places, and it's all about affordability. And so if people can live somewhere outside, be it in Chilliwack or Hope, or let's just say I want to move to Halifax or Moncton or wherever, Edmonton, where it's a lot cheaper to buy a property, but still be able to work for their same company... Why wouldn't they do that? And I think that's the biggest thing that we're starting to see is people are starting to migrate to different markets where in the past, you know, people are working and they're working their tails off and they're feeling, feel like they're just, you know, just busting their butts in regards to getting th- trying to just keep up with the Joneses and keeping up with bills and everything else. And now this has provided them an opportunity to go somewhere else. And then having interest rates, the way they are today is kind of a double-edged sword. It's just like, this is becoming an a huge opportunity where people are like, you mean I can work from home, I can live further out and I can afford something more. And then last but not least, look at these interest rates that we've never seen interest rates this low ever. So it's kind of a compounding effect that's actually occurring. And we're not just seeing this in the lower mainland, just so everybody's aware. We're seeing this literally kind of coast to coast. This is a phenomena that we've yet to see where uh, I haven't seen in 20 years of investing to be really honest with you. It's unbelievable what we're seeing right now, so.
2: Yeah. It's cool that you bring that up. You know, I think a a lot of people, myself included, when you think about investing at a town or or moving out of town, you kind of think Okanagan, right? Or the Island or Kamloops. You don't really think about like Alberta and Ontario and and the Maritimes, like who thinks of the Maritimes, right? Um, But as you were just saying, and and I want to dig into that a little bit further, the markets out there and what you can actually achieve in those markets is absolutely insane. So if you can make it work and and your lifestyle suits that uh, it could be a great move for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So let's talk on that for a second. Like traditionally, people in the lower mainland market, uh, if we're talking about them in particular, would start to look at, uh, again, local areas such as the Okanagan, such as areas of the island, which there are still lots of good opportunities. Additionally speaking, uh, what you mentioned right away, which is Edmonton. Edmonton has been kind of a hot spot for investing opportunities for a number of years now. Um, with opening up uh, so many different markets and so much change going on. One of the challenges that's occurring for a lot of people that I'm talking to is like indecision. There's just too many options now. There's too many ways. Is it a good idea to still go here? Is it not a good idea to go still still go in this area? But ultimately, it, like it's a fantastic idea to look at a number of these places for different reasons now. But I want to hear a little bit more about from your perspective, like how you're helping people navigate where they should start looking. Like what are you telling people? How are we pinpointing that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great... Great question, and it, it all goes. It starts back like for those of you that are looking to invest, and you're looking at different markets. The one thing you know, you look in the Lower Mainland, just so everybody know, I am based here too. I live in Langley, so Alex and I were really throwing a rock at each other pretty much. And, and Derek, I'm sure this is not far from you too. But the reality is, um, you know, when you're when you're looking at our own backyard, and you are looking to buy an investment property here, it's always about kind of appreciation in this particular market. And you know, prices have been going up here in the Lower Mainland since. I think 2001 was what the number is, and it just has not stopped. We had a little dip in 2008, 2009, very small, nothing really significant. Biggest issue is cash flow. It's just never been able to produce a really good, strong cash flow play unless you put more money down as a down payment. Where other markets, it's kind of an eye opener for a lot of people when you start to explore and you're like, you know what, I want to invest in property, but I'm looking for an income stream and yet another income stream. I want, my wife to no longer work or something like that. And they've got all this equity that's built in their home and they're looking for ways to kind of diversify, but more importantly, he's trying to generate another income stream. That's not necessarily a second job or a third job, God forbid. And so this is where real estate comes in. But when you start to look in your own backyard and Derek, you referenced it, like, you know, you go to Kelowna, you go to Victoria, you go to Kamloops. Guess what guys, this story is no different really. And if anything, it's very nominal. And the biggest problem that you're facing is prices are still extremely high in these areas, but for a lot of people locally, the reason why they only look kind of like a three hour, four hour, drive away is because it's only a three or four hour drive away people want to see it they physically really want to see this and it's out of their wheelhouse to say I got to go and drive to Edmonton or fly to Edmonton or there's a plane to Edmonton or somewhere else for whatever reason that's an inconvenience but if if you set up the systems right appropriately at the very beginning um, it's definitely doable number one and secondly it just may provide you with those opportunities that you're looking for when you're looking for your investment property, be it cash flow. And for a lot of investors, that's what they're looking for. It's like, I'm looking for cash flowing properties, or I'm looking for something that I can buy that's more affordable. Like, let's look here, you know, a million bucks in Vancouver. It's not getting you very much, to be really honest with you. You know, you can buy like a smaller single family home and you can get away with this. And and I'll share, I got a property right now under contract out in in Moncton and I'm not promoting Moncton. I'm just sharing you with what it is, but it's a 12 unit apartment building. Okay. Two bed, eight, two bedrooms and four singles. I bought that for... 950,000 bucks. And that might be just shocking for a lot of people that are local here. But these are some of the differences is why you start exploring some of these different types of markets is because they could pro- they can provide other opportunities that we may not be much more accustomed to, but more importantly it fits some of those objectives and those goals of of the reason why we did invest with to begin with. So that's that's the reason why people should be and that's the main piece that I highlight with a lot of people. It's like What's the objective? What's the goals? And then if it's not able to be accomplished within your own backyard, branch out, look a little further. Don't hesitate to get outside outside of your comfort zone and outside your box. So,
2: That's really good information. So, I mean, you're obviously really experienced in this, right? Um, it, you probably have a really good process and a system down and people that you work with out of town. Um, for somebody like myself, let's say I have no experience with Edmonton or Moncton or wherever it might be. What is a first step? Like, where is somebody going to even just to start the conversation to figure out what they need to do? I think the big piece is you know, start to, to connect with
1: other people, like first and foremost, but it's not to take their, their information on face value. So you know, let's say Alex is investing in Edmonton, Derek, let's say you're investing in Hamilton, Ontario, and you're saying that's the end all be all. Connect with other investors, be, be involved with other like be it Facebook groups, join us on Savvy Investor, you're more than welcome to join us, it doesn't cost anything, and connect with other investors that are doing this. But by connecting with these individuals, you just get a chance to learn about what other people are doing and and seeing why they're doing it and the reasons behind it by connecting with those individuals. And then by getting some of that insight and say, okay, so Alex is investing in Edmonton and, and I can't remember which one I said to Derek, I think Hamilton or whatever in Ontario. But the reality is I would take that information and do my own research and figure out, okay, what's happening in Edmonton? What's driving real estate prices? what's happening with rents is the economy doing well there and for me the big number that i'm looking at right now especially during covid is in migration or migration that's happening within province to province and it goes right back to affordability where are people moving to in these smaller communities that is driving real estate prices. So I'm paying very close attention to that. And the second part is where are those jobs being created? What types of big jobs? Is there job loss or not? So it's just taking a little bit of time to doing some research and it's more economics more than anything, job growth, unemployment rate. Uh, I'm wanting to know what's happening with real estate prices, what's going on with rent. Is there a lot of rent control? So like what we're seeing in Ontario with rent freezes not a really great place to be investing right Well, This is my own two, two cents kind of scary a little bit when the government's having some control in regards to rents. But at the same time, that's when I start to kind of position myself first and foremost, Derek, it's like, let's understand this market. I want to know it very clearly. What are those neighborhoods that I need to be aware of the good, bad and the ugly as I share, because we're here, but in this day and age, when we have access to the internet, there's so much information, as you guys are all aware. You know, there's great, great, if you go to the municipalities, you talk to the economic development officers within the city in itself, they can provide you all great sources. Oh, avoid this town, because this one's pretty scary. Or take a look at this area, this is up and coming. There's a new Walmart that's being created or being built. And there's all this new new construction. Okay, that's probably a good sign where there's a good community that's being established there. And so it's it's almost knowing the market that you're about to invest in better than um, your own backyard, like where you you live. So take the time to just do some research first and foremost before you start to jump in, so.
0: So so from what I'm hearing from you, the first step obviously is to start having conversations, start connecting with people. The second thing that I heard from you is to do a little bit of local research in those areas and cities online through the cities uh, city halls themselves, and then start to talk to people locally, whether it be a real estate agent or otherwise. Now, um, just kind of going back to what Derek said, uh, a lot of people, uh, especially locally, in, in British Columbia per se, and, and I'm sure this is the same as uh, people in Toronto as an example, having access to so much equity in our homes, there's a lot of um, opportunity to pull that equity and to start making these decisions to to start investing, which I think is a fantastic idea for a lot of families. And so that le- kind of leads me back to one of my key points is that we've been fortunate to live in these cities where we have grown the appreciation, which allows us to pull And then purchase another property. And this is one of the key maneuvers that we use in real estate investing, which is to pull capital to obviously um, purchase another property. So, from that perspective, you know, one of the questions that I often get asked from people is okay, well, you know, I don't know if I want to go to Edmonton or Halifax because I know we might have a mini boom right now, but when COVID's over, it could flatline, and which is a fair point to say. Um, So, what about those cities that just surround? um the major city centers what about the uh the Kelowna's what about the Kamloopses of the world what about the maybe not maybe not uh, Victoria's but what about the uh Campbell rivers and so forth that are maybe a couple hours from each of these cities w- what do you tell people about that type of out-of-town investing and and what are your thoughts there it goes to the same
1: principle, Alex. It's like what's happening, you know, do we see a lot of migration happening there? And that's the key. Is do we see people moving out to those particular communities in those particular areas? So if we're seeing that population growth, um, that's good. That's good for us as investors. That means real estate prices are going up and rent prices are going up as well. But if we're seeing an exodus or a flat, in the market, then technically we may not be seeing some of those trends that are actually happening. So it's really important to kind of pay really close attention to where that migration is actually happening by understanding migration. Or here's another big one: is if there's a major job announcement that's been created, like something really big, major construction jobs where people will want to go work there. And again, they're going to be in that close community. That's really where you want to be paying some attention to. But what we're seeing right now with COVID is some of these smaller communities are having those many booms. They really are, that's happening right now. So it's just really important to pay close attention. And this is, these are interesting times as you guys are all well aware. We don't know what's gonna happen. There's lots of, there's, there's probably more questions than answers, especially when it comes to real estate. Because here's the funny thing, the unemployment rate that we're seeing right now is the highest we've ever seen in, I don't know, forever right now with Canada. We've got a lot of people that are getting, that are on EI or previously with CERB. You know, we look with the announcement here locally with BC, again, another shutdown yet again. How is that going to impact the economy? And that's just BC. I would imagine that's probably gonna get rolled out on a national level. So there is a lot of question marks that are gonna be be had. And I don't think the clarity that we had in statistics is, super clear because the COVID effect of, of what's happened. It's, it's not a normal economic time. And so to have some of that clarity, it's not fully, fully visible. So for us and what I'm paying attention to is exactly what I've just referenced. It is migration, is where are people moving? Do we see this trend happening where people are getting out of major cities be it Vancouver as an example, or maybe downtown Toronto to move to the outskirts, to get outside a little bit further And now with companies more than willing to support that because the work from home is just a common thing right now. So could I see markets like, say, for example, Harrison probably grow? I I definitely could. Why, Why couldn't it be? Maybe people are working from Vancouver, but guess what? They have to, they have to, maybe they're able to work four days a week at home and maybe they have to go to the office one day a week. That's probably pretty palatable, but think about the difference in prices that they would have compared to a a place in Vancouver. So I would absolutely keep your eyes open, be very cognizant and be very cautious of what's happening with the economy and migration in some of those smaller communities, because right now I do see a big push into some of these smaller communities, especially out here like in the Fraser Valley where we're based, so.
2: Yeah, that's good information. Um, So just on a couple of things that you brought up, like typically, Historically, if someone wants to buy an investment property, you're, you're, you got to kind of manage it and decide what it is that you want from that property, right? Like some people go into it purely for cash flow. Other people might not necessarily want or need the cash flow and they're looking for appreciation and that's like a downtown Vancouver maybe purchase. Um, so with everything that's happening and people migrating out, Are you starting to see in some of the markets that you're working in, are you starting to see these dramatic appreciation and and value climbs as well? So that could be a really good buy for somebody, whereas, you know, historically they buy in Edmonton and they're not really expecting appreciation, but now they might start to see it.
1: That's exactly what we're seeing right now. So it's exactly that. So we're seeing these different markets that again we talk about interest rates and we talk about affordability and some of these markets that have been depressed for a while. So again, we we talk Edmonton. Just recently, we're seeing increases in valuation. Calgary, that's been a real challenging market for a long time. This last three, four, five months, we're seeing prices going up. It's it's a very interesting phenomena that's actually happening. And really a lot of people are moving just because of affordability and they have the ability to to work outside. So the answer is absolutely yes. And pretty much any of these smaller communities, even some of the markets that were kind of sleepy, um, We're seeing appreciation in in many of these markets right now. It's quite interesting.
2: So do you have an example of maybe Calgary or Edmonton of what type of appreciation is actually happening right now? Like obviously we all live in Langley and it's been just dramatic, right? Absolutely dramatic gains over the last three, four months. What are you kind of seeing in those other markets?
1: Well, I, I don't have the stats exactly in front of me, but if you guys go to my recommendation for anybody that's looking at some of these different markets and you want to look at appreciation variances, there's a lot of these reports every month. Calgary Real Estate Board, Edmonton Real Estate Board, some great statistics in most major markets. I think Calgary, the last one that I saw, I think it was just last week or earlier this month. I think we saw about a five point nine or just under six percent appreciation, um, where a market was actually depressed. And in in, Van- in Edmonton, I thought it was roughly around seven point two percent. But again, you know, when you're comparing it to Vancouver, that's that's nothing. But in those particular markets, that's a big change because it's been actually flat for years and in a lot of cases in decline and just based on those two markets in itself right so
0: so do we have any concerns kind of looking forward i mean again assuming a lot of people well one of the primary reasons we should probably note this that people start to look out uh, out of town for uh, a cash flow or sorry for a real estate investment is cash flow like you started off talking about and so i guess my thoughts here are given the fact that this could be a quote unquote mini boom and we're not asking you to be an economist all of a sudden here and predict that Um, uh, that being said there could be obviously the inverse effect in three to five years if things clear up really quickly and people start to miss their friends and family in the cities and so forth and obviously anything can happen so that's fine but how are you looking at some of these uh, cities and these places to actually determine which ones make the most sense like do you have like a a mics again you gave us an examples of where employment is increasing where there's construction and so forth but is there anything else like that we should be looking for as far as rent value use uh, property types, anything that's a little bit more bulletproof than something else, for example?
1: Yeah. Like the other piece that you want to, like when you're looking at acquisition and I'm a big believer that you make your money on the buy. And uh, so this may be a little bit of a different different process. So I'm looking for those types of motivated sellers and those opportunities where there might be some type of distress in, in a particular property. So then this way, um, there's always a little bit of cushion in case the market takes a dip. I'm trying to buy something that's under here. So if the market j- adjusts, then I've got a little bit of a cushion to kind of protect myself. The big piece that I look at when it comes to investing in real estate and I'm, I'm a big cash flow investor so that's my strategy and I treat every real estate transaction as a business and so I want to make sure that the business is generating me income every single month. Um, I don't like a lot of political interference in regards to my ability to increase rent um, so and at the same time I don't want limitations as well so I'm looking for some of that flexibility um, for me, if the market even does take a downturn and you're buying with cash flow, technically you're still in a really good position because the property is still performing itself. It's still doing well. If you've got a long-term approach with your real estate in, real estate investing strategy, tenants are paying the rent. Or sorry tenants are paying down the mortgage and you're still collecting cash flow every single month you may not be getting that appreciation lift again this is something that you can't necessarily plan for the market can change in any market vancouver is not uh teflon to be really honest with you they've had a run for 20 years which is unbelievable but that's not normal you know it, it isn't you know if you go back in history and so with that being said any slight downturn can have an impact right off the bat so I think the important part is to make sure you're buying right. It's it, sometimes it's challenging when you're dealing with multiple offers and those types of circumstances that are coming along with it. But the important part is, you know, for me anyway, try to buy right, that's, that's, that's really, really key. Um, when it comes to investing some of the better segments to be looking at, to be honest, is if you can have something that has multiple streams. So like, say for example, up and down suite, or, you know, for us that have here in Vancouver and Surrey, they've got that carriage home as well in the back in the garage. So you're getting two or three possible income streams. So this way, if you've got one vacancy, you may be only 33.33% vacant versus just one house, one renter. So when it becomes vacant, you may be a hundred percent vacant and God forbid the market, the rental market change changes. and. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're really, really impacted. So anything that you can do for yourself to try to get multiple streams, the better it's going to be for you from an income side. So,
0: yeah, there's, that's a real good call out for the cash flow that you noted right there, uh, to your point, having multiple unit properties. And I, I always suggest uh, to your point, one of the great ways for people to get started with that is exactly what you mentioned, an up and a down. So a property that can be converted with a suite or has a suite in it, it's a great comfortable way to get moving along. And there's a lot of them out there, which makes it a lot easier to find them. Um, that so, so that being said, I, I just want to suggest like to a lot of people who are, if you're listening in the lower man mainland, or if you're in one of the hubs in, you know, in Victoria or Nanaimo, we're seeing people like we just had a client secure a, a multi-unit property in Kamlips is an example for, I think it was around $700,000. Uh, they bought it with their HELOC on their home here that we helped them set up and secure. And those guys, even after paying off the HELOC, they're going to be a thousand bucks a month cash flow, which is pretty fantastic. So, you know, if you're, if you're afraid to step outside of your local city, you might be missing some of the jewels. And the neat thing about it, you know, to, Mike, to your point, the neat thing about like a, a Kamloops uh, versus let's say going to Moncton, New Brunswick is you can still touch it, feel it, see it. You're three hours away if you live in the city. And additionally, I feel like, again, if you've done your research, you'll know that that's a city that is going to continue to see some form of appreciation, which is kind of neat. Do you often see people or, or how do you feel about the idea of someone almost making like a junior step of the out of town, like an out of town as in maybe a few hours away instead of across the country?
1: I, I totally agree with that too. And, you know, I think anybody that's just starting to get, to do this you know take baby steps in this approach you know and sometimes you know what it, it's all about that comfort zone because you know for a lot of people if you're going if you live in Vancouver and you want to invest in Kamloops then you know what it's far enough away where the process is no different than you are in Edmonton for example you will most likely need to have a property manager out there you, you will have to manage that property manager so it kind of gets your feet wet a little bit but at the same time you know you can drive out there And so it's not a a significant, significant variance, but here's some, put some things into perspective guys. Okay. So, you know, you're going to go to Kamloops that drive is about what four and a half hours, something like four hours, maybe not even four hours, but roughly four hours. Okay. But you're going to make a day out of it. So, you know, two tanks of gas, and then you're probably going to be staying at a hotel or something like that most likely to go out and see the property, you know, a flight to Edmonton, If you're just looking locally, it's probably about 100, 150 bucks, not a big deal. And I've done that trip overnight or not even overnight, same day. I go first thing in the morning, go do the things that I need to do and then come back or even, sorry, 150 bucks one way, maybe 250, $300 roughly in that perspective. So it's not a significant amount of expense, just so everybody's aware. And I go out to check my properties out every six months to be be honest with you. And so I always make that as a trip for myself to go out and make sure all the work is being done. But to answer your question, Alex, yes. You know what, if you're just getting started and you really, really are uncomfortable to begin with, just dip your toes in the water. If you see better markets, be it like in Kamloops and Kamloops is a very good market. um, You know, definitely give it a shot, see how it goes. Try to set up systems in place where you are not necessarily needing to be micromanaging, hire that property manager, build those expenses into your analysis. And then this way, if you really want to grow it, you have the ability to truly scale your business. The more the better the systems you have in place, the better, and more effective you will be as an investor. So,
2: yeah, great points. I mean, you've obviously uh, made a lot of good moves in real estate, Mike. I'm personally curious if you can share some some maybe flaws or mistakes that you've made, or maybe mistakes that you've seen people make when investing out of town.
1: Well, yeah, I think the biggest one is is the biggest issue that I tend to find for out of town investors, including myself, is is your team. They are instrumental in making sure that your your business or your real estate transaction is gonna do well. You may acquire right. They've may gone to both of you guys and get fantastic terms when it comes to mortgages and great interest rates and great payments. But at the end of the day, once the acquisition is done, the real work actually begins. And it's to make sure that your tenants are being managed appropriately, your is being managed appropriately, property managers not being taken, taking advantage of you. Um, you know, so I kind of shared a story like this with Savvy, and I think I'm not sure if I've shared this with you guys as well in my past, but one of my very first transactions that I had, I hired a property manager in Edmonton and guess what? Things seemed to be going well. Rent was coming in every single month. It's going into my account every single month, flow is coming in. I'm doing great. Perfect. Everything must be good. Um, I didn't go out to see that property for about a year and a half. And so I went out to go take a look and do an inspection of some of my other properties and, and uh, knocked on the door on the property uh, with my property. manager. you had problems right away when my property manager actually introduced himself to the tenant as well. And so the door opens up and the smell coming out of this house was atrocious. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't even tell you. And then we walk in and it was, you know, you've probably seen the the show Hoarders, right? You know, you've seen all the pretty, pretty much it. You walk in and out and it was a disaster. And it was just a small town. It was nothing big. Right. And I'm like, oh my God. And it wasn't that it was super thrashed. It was just a mess, an absolute mess. And I couldn't. So we looked at the property and we're like, something is missing where's the smell coming from and it wasn't until we walked downstairs in the basement where the tenants had a puppy mill running in a townhouse downstairs in a three bedroom one and a half bath townhouse part of our agreement that we have in place is that you know they're supposed to go into the property every six months to go take a look and do an inspection now technically you would think that's the you think it would be i'd be blaming the property manager on there but that's not his fault actually it's my fault for not ensuring that that work is that that he was actually following through and making sure that he was accountable to his job. And so the other part is one of the things I preach is if you're investing in other markets or different markets, you should budget in your analysis that you're getting out to see your property at, you know, roughly every six months. That's my honest opinion. And so this way you're ensuring that your team is doing their job responsibly, but here's the fun, fun thing about COVID. You know, it's changed the way we do our business and with these fancy little gadgets that we have, you know, virtual inspections is becoming a much more common theme. And so right now I'm doing virtual inspections with a lot of our properties right now with individuals I'm literally walking through the suite by suite, bedroom by bedroom and doing visual inspections. So guess what? I'm here locally. I can do this literally across the country and still have that same visibility as, as I did before, but I don't no longer have to travel. Technology has really changed. So I think the important part, and and to kind of go back, finding your investment team is extremely crucial. And um, I always reference that it's like hiring an employee. You need to find the right fit, good credentials, right person. And at the end of the day, as we've all known, if we've ever hired somebody, it's not always guaranteed. So you always need to have backups just in case. So you wanna be making sure that your your team is solid and, and, and just unbelievable. And then at the same time, you just never know. Maybe Derek, you don't wanna be a mortgage broker anymore because you've made so much money or whatever the situation is. But the reality is, you know what? you may now also be working with Alex and and you just need to find that other replacement. No offense, Alex and, and Derek are fantastic people. So, but the reality is you always want to have those backups, especially when it comes to your management. That was a big lesson for me, cost me a lot of money, but I learned from that and I made sure that those systems are in place moving forward and just constantly adapt. And that's the one thing about real estate as you guys are well aware in the financing world, things are always changing things are always always evolving things are always happening and you just kind of have to roll with this and you just have to adjust and 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 it's not always going to be perfect but as long as you're staying on top of this with your systems and building the right people connecting with the right people it 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 will be fine it will be good and like that's the key aspect but if you're just burying your head in the sand that's where problems are going to start to arise.
0: No different than any business, my friend. No different than any business. If you neglect it, it uh, those things will eventually end up rearing their ugly heads. Um, Mike, this has been awesome, man. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your uh, valuable insight. We uh, we picked up quite a bit there. Everything from obviously, you know, biggest mistake: don't uh, don't pick a crappy team, <laughs> and then the biggest opportunity: pick a good team. There. Um, I think the guys are going to pick up a great amount of information from this uh, this actual podcast episode. Of course, guys, if you like this episode episode uh, make sure to subscribe share and like give us a review and of course uh, find Mike Ponte over at Savvy Investor on Facebook or Prosperity Investments thank you again Mike for coming on we really appreciate you my friend and uh, thanks for ge- being guest number two love it thanks great. for the
1: opportunity guys always great to connect with you guys so